as preseason games in the NFL have been reduced over the years, now to three and likely soon to two games, there is a need, a strong need, to still get your team ready for the season through some sort of high-level, intense game-situated activity. Plus, you've got to evaluate your players. So what has happened over the years, and it's been taking place for some time, joint practices. More and more teams, though, are going to it and looking at it. And I think that you're going to see more and more of that going forward to replace preseason games. We're going to get into how preseason games have evolved, how getting your team ready for the NFL regular season has evolved over the years. That's the topic on today's podcast on the Landry Football Podcast, part of the Landry Football Podcast Network. A reminder, you can get the best detailed film room analysis um, at LandryFootball.com. Breaking down the players, the teams, the coaches, the schemes on a college or NFL level, we got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check it out. Take advantage of our football season sale that we've got going on. Uh, it's You can try it for a month. You can try it out for six months. But the football season sale is the 12-month package, which is the best deal that we have going. So make sure that you check it out today. Take advantage of what we've got there. If it, again, involves players, teams, coaches, schemes, we give you a coaching, scouting, and front office perspective over at LandryFootball.com. So become the most informed fan uh, in your group. Whether you're into fantasy football, just want to be an educated fan, you can get a viewpoint um, that you can't get anywhere else. A reminder also to subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So I can remember going back in the early stages of my career in the NFL, there were six preseason games. Um, six. There's a reason for that. Okay, it wasn't, well, that was crazy. No, it wasn't crazy. It was 100% the thing to do. Because back before the advent of free agency, players didn't make nearly as much money. They made good money relative to the average person on the street, but they did not make nearly the amount of money. The money that's being made now is not inflationary driven. It's just exponentially more than they did a long time ago. So a lot of players basically literally took the offseason off. They didn't have offseason programs. You had to get jobs in the offseason, and then you needed the extra time. Training camp started right after July 4th. You had weeks and weeks to get yourself in shape, and then you had six preseason games in which to get yourself ready for a 14-game regular season. Uh, yeah, it dragged on a long time, and it was not fun for the fans, and it was not fun for the media. It was like a full season in and of itself, but it was necessary to get your team ready. You needed to get guys in shape. Some of the best players in the league were not in the type of shape to play football. It's different today. Um, players make a ton of money. Um, they have off-season conditioning programs that they need to adhere to. There's many camps and quarterback schools and different things that allow you to get yourself ready in the offseason to where the regular training camp could be more modified. In essence, it's not as big of a deal in terms of length. It's important in terms of installs. 
it's important in terms of mental reps, but you don't have two-a-day practices. These practices that started July 4th, by the way, you worked your way into it. Within two or three days, you were going into two practices a day, in some cases, three. That got you conditioned over a period of time. So by the time your regular season got here, again, not needed anymore. So it's a different world. We're down to three preseason games. Uh, the reality is we're going to go to two um, and, and maybe even less than that because of money. Everything's driven by money. <clears throat> they understand that it's completely unfair to charge fans for preseason games. Preseason make it part of the the um, season ticket package is ridiculous. And charging fans any amount of money for a preseason game is ridiculous. So what they're going to do is they're going to add an 18th regular season game so they can justify charging it and then cutting down the preseason games to two. It's all driven by money. Well, what is going to, how are you going to deal with that? Because you still have to get your team ready physically. But the biggest thing is you've got to get yourself enough reps to get your timing down. And probably most important, you've got to evaluate your roster. You can't make decisions on who to keep or who to let go on your final roster decisions unless you see them in game action. Two games are not enough. Three is quite frankly not enough because you can't both get your team ready, the guys that are going to make the roster, and evaluate the younger guys who you don't know whether they're going to make the roster unless you have enough games. Well, again, money's going to drive it, and that's going to change it down to two games. So, again, the fans and the media don't care because they're not in the business of determining the roster decisions. They really don't or not involved in, in understand the evaluation process anyway. So they just want to get the games to the regular season so they can bet on them and build their fantasy teams and write about it. They, they, again, you know, my feeling is that the media, by and large, they don't understand how the meal is made. They don't understand what goes into it. They just look at the result and that's that. Sit down to the table and eat the meal. But those of us that have to get the ingredients and cook the meal understand that you just can't have things done uh, a gourmet meal in microwave time. It takes time to develop and cook it. So how do you deal with it? What, what are we doing? Well, joint practices are becoming more and more popular. It was always something we did, but it's now more, more regular, more common. And it's just that. You take two teams, they get together at one of the training campsites, and they'll practice a couple of days uh, or two. And maybe they'll have a couple of days of practice before a preseason game, but in lieu of preseason games, you're going to see just joint practices. Not the first week of training camp, but probably by the second week of training camp. And in some ways, it'll work. Um, because what you can do is you can work situations. So let's just say that both coaches agree, look, we're going to work on third down more, or we're going to work on red zone more. You can put 30 plays of third down. You can put 20 plays of red zone which you're never going to see that many plays in a preseason game, but you can work on it in a joint practice. You could accomplish things and say, look, we're, we're trying to, we need 
we need to work on this. What do you guys need to work on? Let's agree that we'll do this. You need a little more work on that. We'll give it to you. We need a little more work on this. Can you give us that? So it's a different way to go about doing it. Um, that's just common sense because it's going to allow you to still evaluate your roster. Now, you're going to have to make your decision, large part, due to what they do in these joint practices because you're not going to have enough game tape to evaluate. But joint practices can be evaluated. They're certainly taped for evaluation purposes. Now, one of the things that will be interesting is I'm sure – Places like the NFL Network, I'm sure will do it, will probably televise it. But that's going to be free. And fans are not going to be, you know, even if you go maybe to a joint practice, uh, some teams will allow uh, fans to go for free. That makes it a little bit more palatable. Um, Now, injuries are certainly a problem, and it's a factor. Well, we don't want to lose a guy in preseason games. We don't want to lose a guy in joint practices. Folks, if you don't prepare a player's body for when they do have to go full steam ahead, then they're going to increase their chance of getting injured. It, it's, it's nonsensical. It's like, you know, people have made the decision that they don't care if a guy gets injured week one in the regular season. Just don't get injured, you know, week three of the preseason or week two of the preseason. Well, the whole point of it is you have to build your body into a a situation where you can handle going full speed. Injuries, particularly soft tissue injuries, happen mainly because the body's not prepared. Here's another way to look at it. For those of you that like to work out or those of you that like to run, if you're going to prepare for a marathon, you don't just sit there and not having run every day and say, you know what, I'm going to run 15 miles today and then, you know, I'll run 30 tomorrow and I'll be ready for the marathon. It doesn't work that way. You have to work, run, you know, I don't know what's your limit, five miles one day and maybe increase it by a mile every day or two and then work your way up to that. That's how you train. It's no different than preparing a really finely tuned athlete for a football season for 60 to 75 plays in a game. You've got to, got to build up to it. So if you don't do enough work in the training camp in preseason, your body's not going to be ready during the regular season. So I think um, there are things you've got to be maybe careful about, certain plays that you call certain situations that you put a certain player in, but you can't shy away from physical preparedness because it's essential to when you have to play full speed. So I think that competition for roster spots, backup roles, um, uh, you know, I think that those things are really important. Um, You know, when you look at today's world, it's just a different way to prepare for it. I think that other than roster decisions, the preseason doesn't have a whole lot of merit. Even looking at young players in preseason are not good indicators of how they're progressing. 
Meaning if you're a young quarterback, for example, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, you're going up against defenses that are very vanilla, that are not prepared to stop the your offense. They're preparing their defensive game plan on what they want to work on and what they want to see. So if you're going to see heavy blitzes, quarterback's going to struggle probably a lot more than not many blitzes and not many are showing a lot of blitzes or working on that in preseason. Top players don't see a lot of game action, and you're going to see less and less. Well, there's a reason why. Again, guess what I said? Preseason, first and foremost, is going to be about getting the young players enough reps so that you make decisions. Um, Now, if you do that, that means that your veteran guys have to work their way into shape as best they can. And I will say this, one thing that's taken place since we've reduced preseason games is that the first four games of the regular season is sloppier than ever before. There are more mistakes in terms of tackling. Um, There's some conditioning and, and I think some early injuries that probably are the result of not getting the body ready throughout the offseason it's being looked at but that's just the reality uh and you know what i what i see in addition to the sloppiness in the injuries is you make some poor decisions on your roster so i think special teams are affected the worst special teams is the redheaded stepchild you know when you look at putting your roster together people will say things like well we've got a good backup linebacker so it doesn't matter if we get an injury uh yeah it does because now your backup linebacker who was the core special teams player is now starting and now the core special teams player is the next linebacker up that's not nearly as good a special teams player so now you got a punt return or a kick return run back against you that maybe would have been solidified if you had better personnel on special teams. Special teams is the one area that that fans understand the least and the media understands the least. They look at the result, they don't know why, like in every aspect of football. But remember, the starters on special teams are by and large the backups on offense or defense. So when you go into your depth to start a player on offense or defense, you've certainly hurt your starting quality on special teams. Now, this is more of an NFL thing. In college, younger guys start on special teams, and they usually are younger guys. They're just as talented or athletic as the veteran guys. They're just not as experienced. But in the NFL, the backups in the NFL are backup for a reason. They're good. And in some cases where you've got really good depth, Some players could start on other teams, but backups are backups for a reason. It's because they're guys on the team that are better. And that is the reality that's a little bit different from college to the NFL. Um, It's training camp is a necessary evil. Um, And with less preseason games, which is our necessary evil, it's going to be 
more imperative that imperative actually that you've got to get some competitive joint practices. It's not going to make up for a preseason game, but as I said, it'll allow you to work more situationally on look at guys. You increase the competition at by going in joint practices. I'm a big believer in joint practices, even when we had a, the, the full allotment of preseason games. And here's why. Common sense. You degree, decrease your chances of injuries by 50%. If your offense is going against a defense, if your first team offense is going against a second team defense, you now have 22 guys on every snap that are in danger of getting injured. Whereas if you're going up against someone else, your first team offense going up against another team's second team defense or first team defense, however they choose to play it, you only got 11 guys on the field that can are exposed to injuries. So it's just pure common sense. Less snaps where you've got to put 22 of your guys on the field. It also increases the competitiveness. There's something about going against your teammates and you get chippy against one another and you have fights on your own team because you get chippy. But going up against other teams is really competitive. And you're trying to win jobs. And you're trying to make a name for yourself. And it's usually a lot of young guys getting, you know, getting challenged and all of those things I think bring out the competitive juices which are important you want to give the top line players on your team enough needed reps for prep for the regular season but then get them out so that you can a protect them from the over aggressive activity that could cause injuries but again usually to get the younger guys on the field so that you can see it. I, I don't see um, it being a problem going forward. People will say things like, well, college does it. High school does it. They don't have, well, high schools have jamborees is what they call them. College football, usually, not always. There's some really good games, the opening first game on some team schedule. But for the most part, they're usually a week game, week one. That is the college version of the preseason. College also has larger roster spots. So when you have practices with yourself and you have scrimmages with yourself, you're dealing with a larger amount of players. And some of them that are true freshmen, that the extra work in practice will allow some of those younger guys to cream rises to the top. And all of a sudden, a guy you think that's not going to do much of anything for you this year other than be a backup and maybe an occasional special teams guy ends up starting on your offense or defense because he really starts to excel some of these joint practices. Larger rosters allows you to do more things within your team concept than in the NFL. So um, revenue is the reason for it. It's the reason for the cut down. Uh, you're going to see less and less teams, you know, the, the, attendance for preseason games are not that good. The fans have spoken. And this is a NFL league office that is built around, you know, marketing. It's not built around football. It's built around marketing and trying to do the best for the fans, which is fine. Uh, but it's also understanding as a fan, it's kind of like taking your medicine. If you want to have better pre uh, regular season football, you need to have enough work in preseason or joint practices to get ready for the set football season. So 
some thoughts and explanations as to how training camp and preseason practices have started and evolved over the years. Thought it would be a good way to talk about it as we are heading into week two of the preseason. And folks, we're going to be into week three next week at this time. And that's going to be it. We're going to have that little break, uh, mini break before we get to the opening of the regular season right around the corner. So that's a look. Uh, reminder. At uh, LandryFootball.com, you can get the most detailed breakdowns on the game of football, college, NFL. We got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of the football season sale today. Try it out for a month. Try it out for six months. But the football season sale is the best deal that we've got going. So you don't want to miss it. Take advantage of it. Uh, Football season sale at LandryFootball.com. Also a reminder to subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That way you don't miss any of our football content. Got a topic you want me to address? You got a question you want me to address? Uh, head to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, and we'll get it done for you right here. Hey, appreciate you joining us as always. Till next time, have a great one, everybody.